Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Hey, dude. What's up? Um, check, 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 check. Check, check. Hey, I keep getting people asking me to do the creepy whispers, so I'm going to do this all the time now. Well, mm, it doesn't bother me. Hey there, baby. Well, dude. Tell me about your week. I'm just going to tell you about something else first. And that is, okay. this Dahmer series is messed up. Yeah, fuck that shit, dude. I don't, I, I can't watch scary movies, scary shows. Like I, can I can't watch, either. Like, sci-fi shows, sci-fi stuff, but like people murdering people or people eating people, <laughs> shit like that. Like fuck that, dude. I can't do it. I can't like, either. Like call I me, kept... a, call me a PB baby all you want, but I can't fucking do it. I don't care. Call me one, do. We started watching because, like, everybody's watching. You got to see this. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. Nope. Maybe it's cool. No desire. And we're in. Like, we're not quite halfway. And I just, we've almost turned it off, like, a hundred times. Because it's so disturbing. It fucking eats people. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, man. It's 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 not good. It's fucked up. Yeah, yeah like, no, I just like want to watch Sesame Our society's too fucking, like too obsessed with like murderers mm-hmm. i feel like it's making more murderers because they're like oh yeah people think this is cool badass yeah <laughs> no fuck that shit be polite mm-hmm. walk old ladies across the street and shit we're done because we know how it ends right he just eats more people yeah. but i don't need to see any it's, more of it's it gross it's disturbing yeah it is no i'm like a movie buff and i there's like so many movies i've never seen just because i, I won't go there I don't want to. Yeah, I don't see many horror movies either. Mm. I watch a lot of horror movies, just not horror movies. Mm -hmm. I figured that. I mean... Maybe you should have switched. um, Do you know that I know of a shop that was broken into yesterday, and you may too, and that they left in the screen room on the computer, they left porn on? The... People who broke in put porn on the computer. Yes, so they broke in. <laughs> I don't know if That's I'm. Best. I don't know if he's comfortable me sharing who, what shop it is. But they broke in a shop. Uh, they have some video, like a little video, of it of the person breaking in. But then when they were at the shop, on the computer, they went to the whatever Google or they went to some porn site and they hit play. So like when they got to the shop, that's what was happening. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazingly disturbing. Also, like that's <laughs> the last thing you like. I don't know if there's anything else, or maybe it would be worse if Dahmer was so playing. F- it's just such a fuck you. It's like <laughs> it's like not only did I steal your stuff, but here's like what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it is a fuck you. Um, I didn't button my shirt so, all the way. Does that when you're watching me right it? now? Is my camera fucking up? You're like. I figured it's my internet. No, right there. Did it just do like weird things? Yes. Why is it doing that? It's doing it on your end too. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's not good, no. is it? We can't win, dude. <laughs> no. Seriously. No, 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 no. We are optimistic about this. We win. We can win. We're 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 still slightly winning. <laughs> you either win or you with lose. Recording. You don't slightly win. <laughs> we're barely winning. We're winning by a fucking oh. nose. I see, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But that's better than the other. So yeah, it's true. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, How was uh, your week other uh, than uh, Dahmer? Uh, other than what? Oh, Dahmer? Dahmer was the yeah. weekend. I shouldn't have mm-hmm. shouldn't have ended the week like that. But then, no, the week's good. You know, it's... Um, it is... Uh, uh, I think it's, it's still strong, but I think we peaked. I think we... If, if here's the chart that's going up, that's where we're at. Right. You're, you're the flat. Yeah. Okay. We're not this yet. No, that's no, cool. maybe. No, maybe we are. Okay. So imagine this. If you're listening to this and not watching, <laughs> we are climbing <laughs> the peak, climbing the peak, plateaued, right? We hit it mm-hmm. and we went flat and now we came down just a little bit. We're down right. the mountain. We're down the mountain. Yeah. Down the mountain. Mm-hmm. You took the first couple steps down. First couple steps. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, how about you? Have you are you climbing the mountain or you did you take a few steps down? Uh climbing. Climbing. Oh. We're getting busier and busier. Busier and busier. Yeah. But it's not normal busy. It's like I we were slow ish most of the year. And then most I of the year. It's bought- like ten months. Yeah, I know. Fucking this year for me was just like me. <laughs> like we did good. Like our numbers are good. Our numbers are better than ever. It's just like actually being like busy and crazy. Time out, time out, this time, is out some- time out. Okay. So that was, we need to distinguish between the two. So you're having a record year, but you yes. feel less busy. It's just a feeling, a feeling of less yes. busy. Yes. Okay. Sure. Well, that's all right. That's okay. That's better. No, that's, that's good. what I'm saying is right. But what I'm saying was last year and the year before that, we were like balls of the wall, like mm-hmm. three, four weeks out. So, and even on this podcast, we had a discussion about like efficiencies and I should hire more people and I should be more like Andy and you know, everything else. So <laughs> no, I fucking, no. yeah. So I hired a couple people and I got a couple more pieces of equipment to automate and make more efficient. And now we're like, so efficient that i've been like a week out all year long and i don't like that that's weird to me i don't like booking jobs for the next week like to me that's as a business owner that's scary like uh what do i do if next week doesn't have any jobs then the following week has nothing Hmm. so that's how this whole year has been but also like a lot of shops I've talked to have been like, yeah, like recession wise and blah, blah, blah. Like it's slowing down. So I'm like, fuck, is it slowing down or am I super efficient? Well, the, your, it's not slowing down because you just told me your numbers are up. Right. But what I'm saying is like, yeah, our numbers are up. We're getting more shit done. So like, I'm comfortable with that. Like I, I also have the bonus of having like no overhead. Mm-hmm. So like my numbers can't, don't have to be amazing to be up. Impossible. But okay. Um, but yeah, it's just like me all summer, like being like, oh fuck, we're only a week out. 
made me look into new avenues and hit up new business and like get big business customers and now they're all hitting and it's busy so i'm happy for that it's good it feels good to be like fuck yeah let's do this like i like that feeling of being like well the schedule is the schedule we got to get this done rather than just like i'd be careful what you wish for because i think that the spot you're in is really good. I don't know. I mean, you know, otherwise what's going to happen is then you're going to get busier and then you'll be more weeks out and then you'll be like, oh, we've got to get more efficient. And then you get more efficient, then you're yeah. not as busy and then you get I'm towing busier. the line. It's like a cycle but, then. Right. No, I know. I'm like, I'm le- I'm on the line, but I'm just saying like the, the downside to being so efficient that you're getting things done so much faster that you're only a week out is some weeks they get things done and they come to you in your office and they're like hey what do you want me to do like i have nothing to do and i'm like uh i don't know and they're like well i still need hours so find something for me to do and then i'm just like making shit up <laughs> I'm like go wipe the top of the dryer or fucking hey that's go always count good. how many screens we have if they wiped the top of the dryer every single day i'd be okay with that i yeah, like the clean... dryer's always clean I like a clean. I'm just saying, there's like stupid shit where I'm just like, oh, go alphabetize, fucking <laughs> the extra shirts we have. Like, oh jeez, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, now I understand. You're right. So you are, and I hate. You know what? I would rather be like fucking balls to the walls, way too busy, stressed out, crying, than. Mm-hmm not busy enough where i'm having people like alphabetize you know like bullshit yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's what i'm way saying way more stressful <clears throat> it's way more stressful mm-hmm. as an owner yeah way more because i could i could just tell them i could mm-hmm. be like hey like uh i hired too many people and we made the shop too efficient i need to lay you off mm-hmm. but i don't and i just say go i don't know go fucking cut the grass outside with a pair of scissors yeah i, I think that um I don't know. It's it's a fine line, isn't it? Because you you hire and you you think you have the right balance, and then you you know you become more efficient. You automate and all those sort of things, and you can never get it just right. I don't know if it ever is. Maybe every once in a while, it's like, wow, we have the perfect amount of people today, and then you want extra people in case it is too busy. You know, so it's it's complicated, dude. I don't know how. Yeah. To... Well, the thing is, too, is it's not like our <laughs> business is like a steady. We have the same flow all the time. It's custom work. We mm-hmm. just are having people come to us when they need shit done and it's random all the time it's never consistent you just kind of like go with it you're either popular and busy which we were and then we got more people because we were too busy mm-hmm. like our biggest complaint from people last year was i don't want to wait four weeks for my shit so i was like well i'm never gonna have that happen again let's buy another auto and let's hire three more people and let's fucking do this and do that and then you get all that in and now you're like shit Mm -hmm. like job comes in on monday it's out by fucking wednesday (laughs) you know it's like frank it all starts with the screen and whether it's new stretches or restretches frank and his team do it the best to find out more go to graphicscreenfashion.com fffff rank.com or greatfuckingscreens.com dilly 
cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will help you keep your screens and your shop clean. Check them out at EasyWay.com. EasyWay. It's the easiest way. For sure. Yeah. Action Engineering. Huh? Sorry? I got that fresh EasyWay booth in this week. Oh, really? Friday. Yeah. So Why? So nice. What color? Is it the plastic or the metal? It's the plastic one. I had the big metal one. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I got the auto reclaim in here, I realized I wanted to move things around a little bit. So if anyone's looking Too for big. a big ass a big ass metal easy way booth, I've got one. Mm. Um, but yeah, we moved stuff around and it's a way better flow now. So I'm stoked. Thanks to Alex for all the help. My stoke is this much for you. Thanks, man. Huge. Lots of stoke. Cool. About this much. I can tell. Yeah, that's pretty normal for you. That's what I'm used to. <laughs> um, action engineering action makes engineering it. Makes, why would you, if it's my job and then you say, I uh, wanted and to I do say it together. Fine. I wanted us to harmonize. Ready? <laughs> Here we can. Action engineering, engineering makes, makes accessories, accessories printers, printers need. need. Don't say anything for a minute. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, that's all there is until the end. So, because I was going to say, I'm looking at that like tabletop off press taper. You know what I mean? Mm. Because I want to be able to tape pallets. A separate station for taping. Separate station. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of wasting that half hour to tape 16 pallets. So, they have all kinds of stuff. You need to go to their website, actionengineering.com, and level up your shop yes yeah so it is that time of year when most shops are super busy and your art department is in overtime so what you want to do is go to 1-900-HOTSTUFF.COM and get in touch with Nick or Lucas and get some help did that sound right did I say their names right because mm-hmm. I'm going crazy right now I watched too much Dahmer it sounded like it was Nick or Lucas but it's cool <laughs> yeah Nickel Lucas. It's like that. Sounds, I like it sounds it. like some kind of like infection. <laughs> like a Nickel Lucas. I had Nickel Lucas last week and I took some antibiotics for it. Yeah, that or it's like St. Nicholas or St. Nick. I mean, St. Nickel Lucas. Yeah. So what I meant to say was get in touch with Nick or Lucas and get yourself some help. Okay. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are watching, I apologize because this video is a gosh darn mess. Mm-hmm. It just keeps doing one, that. If you're watching it, just close one eye and then you don't have to see Andy at all. You can just look at me. Yeah, do that. Choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated and that's why we love Chromaline. You've got questions, they've got answers. So ring them up or go to chromaline.com to watch Kevin's videos to learn all about the screen room. Perfect. Yeah. You were harmonizing right then with me so well that you could nobody could tell. Like it was just right, right was there. Just, it was perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. took a lot of like choreography. I did it all with my nose. I did it through my nose. Because of my mouth. You should be open. a ventriloquist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. Don't you hate ventri- ventriloquists? <laughs> Venn diagrams? <laughs> Both. All right. You know who we have today? No, tell me. 
We have Michael Lamar, and he is from ECG Graphics and Printing in San Diego, California. Beautiful San Diego. I know. So beautiful. I mean, you, I, and you. You, I. You, I, and you, and I. Should move to San Diego. No, thanks. For a month. Mm. Sure. What's good? <laughs> What's up, dude? What's good? How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Can you guys hear me all good? Yeah. You sound oh, great. Perfect. 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 Thank mm -hmm. you. Awesome comment after our horrible game <laughs> yesterday. I'm a, I'm a Dodger fan, so we lost yesterday. So it's a bummer. So, <laughs> so you're any comment's good. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It's all good though. But you move on, get ready for the next season. So, how are you a Dodgers fan and you're from San Diego? How does that work out? Well, honestly, it's tied to my wife. Um, about ten years ago, um, I went my wife, and uh, it was something that she loved baseball. I'm a I'm a basketball player, so I mean that kind of shows why I'm not really tied to the Padres because I never really watched them. I mean, I have love for Tony Gwynn and stuff like that, but. It wasn't something that I like grew up watching and, and playing and things like that. So, um, yeah, I remember when we first started like dating, she would she would be watching them. And yeah, it turned into me watching it with her kind of like this. I'm watching this and then kind of, you know, watching what's, what's, what's <laughs> happening and then seeing the players. And then we went to opening game here and that was pretty cool. But I was still was like not wearing Dodger stuff. I was just like someone there with this girlfriend at the time um and then yeah she took me up to dodger stadium same thing i was wearing a black shirt black pants just but it was just cool man and then yeah seven years later uh three years later after that like being exposed to them um decided to be a fan and my wife bought me like my first like hat or whatever and then seven years later man a, a fan so i don't watch any sports or go to sports or really care about sports that much it's not really my thing but i yeah. always love seeing that dude in the middle of the the like the audience or whatever uh yeah. with like an opposite jersey on like you know <laughs> yeah. like if you had like a red Sox jersey on and like at you know yankee stadium or something yeah and everyone's why? just like hating on him so hard yeah. i feel like you should have just done that you should have just went yeah. the opposite yeah i mean it's, it's weird <laughs> just and to it, piss like, her I'm, off exactly i mean i'm in a weird spot now because like i love my city i love san diego and you know it's, it's cool to see my my city's just lit right now but it's also a bummer because it's like damn it had to be against like my team the team that i actually have grown to love over the past couple years and so but it's good you know it's it's, uh, it's trying to be a, a good sport about it and you know it sucks but i love i love my, my city being happy <laughs> and having something to look forward to because we're, we're you know everyone knows san diego is like the little brother to la so we hear it a lot, so but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so what else did you do this weekend? Uh, not much, man. Weekends are really my time to spend time with the kids. Um, my do my brother's getting married, um, so his soon to be stepdaughter had her birthday party yesterday. So you know, there's all these jump houses popping up around, right? Um, so it was really cool. Uh, <laughs> last night, took my kids to go do that, and it was just like. COVID just has people have has me looking at places really different, <laughs> like kids running around sweating and like throwing balls at each other and flipping. And but it was cool. We were there for about an hour and a half, and you know threw back some pizza and I got to hang out with the brother and it was good. And then today I was just kind of recalibrating. This past week was pretty stressful, 
Um, so I was just trying to like unwind and, and get ready for this next week because I have a couple of jobs that I want to get out ASAP. So what was stressful about last week? I It's not a bad thing. I just had a lot of closing that happened. I, I closed a, a couple of jobs that, you know, those jobs that kind of sit and you like hit the customer up and it's like the it's not the jobs that if they fall on the schedule they're super easy to get done it's kind of, it takes a little bit of time so i had a couple of jobs that i've been kind of going back and forth with the customer and then they finally next thing you know i get an approval and i'm like okay cool but it's like okay let me let me get sh- shit going kind of a thing um so i had maybe four or five of those towards wednesday which just kind of stressed me a little bit um, just cause I knew I had to like get them through the pipeline, order the garments, uh, start the artwork. Cause they had changes that they wanted to do and just little stuff like that. So it just ended the week kind of stressful. So, but so, so right now you're doing all that. You're the one who orders the, the garments and you're the yeah. one who, yeah. you know, invoices it and everything like that. There's no like office administrator, let's say. Nope. Nope. But it's cool right now. I'm actually, I uh, put on my rocks. I know you guys probably read Traction, um, but one of the rocks that I gave myself for this 90 days was making all video SOPs. So I'm finishing up the last one and the goal is to hire somebody in and you know share that video with them. And, and basically I took everything out of here and like made it into a, a standardized procedure. So when I am looking for that help, rather be through even a VA can help me with that. Um, just doing that, so. Yeah, we talk a lot about that in our our text group with the couple friends, and Scott's really big on that. He he said, you know, like quick and dirty, like you know, like if he does a thing in the shop and it doesn't already have an SOP for it, he just literally turns his phone on, records himself, uploads it to a private YouTube, and then makes a QR code, sticks it to whatever he was doing, and then if somebody has a question about it, they can quickly watch that video of whatever he's doing. And it's just like, Hey, this is how you do it. So is that kind of what you're doing? Or are you like thinking them through and producing them a little bit or how are you doing it? Yeah. Um, really, I'm just really being analytical about it. Um, I'm somewhat of a, a perfectionist when it comes to certain things. So there is a way that I want it to be done. And I think by, me actually sitting down and I normally do it at night when my family, like when my kids are asleep, I'll sit in the bed and I'll just start like just jotting down what I do and how I do it from start to finish. And I'm a video person too. So I knew no matter what option, I wasn't just gonna do a written one cause I'm an artist and I just know like giving somebody a piece of paper is just not gonna be good. So um, really I just sat yeah. down, thought about how I wanted it to be, if looked at if I was doing it the way I wanted it to be done or I was just doing it just, Oh my gosh, you know, I need to send out an invoice. Was I doing it correctly? Did I mess up? So just looking at that, taking the time to say, what's the best way to do it? And then I just sat down and scripted out everything. Thank God I started doing a uh, content cause I realized how to script out a video and all that good stuff. And yeah, then I just press record and just got them done. And literally I dropped my kids off and I'll edit a video and save it real quick and upload it to the drive. And it's about 20 to almost 25 uh, videos that I've done for SOPs throughout the shop. So my goal now is just getting them on all on the drive because that's hard to migrate all that. And then from there, I'll work yeah. on the QR code because that's really cool. That's like the end goal is the QR code them and have them all over the shop. So Andy, didn't you talk about trying to start doing that or is that next year's thing? Hmm. Yeah, so we um, when Kasperini was here, we started and we have our format and we know where to keep it because you have to figure that stuff out. Like, where's the video going to live? Mm-hmm. How can you like you just mentioned this? There's a QR code. QR code. 
where's the link? And so your video has to stay somewhere. And then once you click that, it goes, right? Mm -hmm. And is it public or private and all that sort of stuff? And so we figured all of it out, but then we had all sorts of other things happen and we only did like one or two. But like you um, said, there's like, we can do it everywhere and I want to. And I think we want to do it mm, less produced and more sort of like what you were saying, like what, what Scott did and that's sort of, um, just quick and dirty, quick and dirty. But like Michael said, it has to be, it has to make sense. Like it has to be ordered to it. So you, yeah. it does take a little bit, you know, especially if there's some processes, I mean, you have to sit down and actually bullet point it out, you know, like if they're chronological, it has to make sense for the person that's learning it. Um, but at print hustlers, when we get ready, we're getting ready to go to at print hustlers, that's what it's going to be about. Like that's what that whole 2022 print hustlers is about really is about you know, um, lean manufacturing and, um, um, what's the other thing? <laughs> I don't know. Basically lean manufacturing, you know? And so, um, the guy from fast is going to be there and he converted his entire, uh, business and he has made videos on how to do it. And so I'm really um, excited to hear him talk uh, about the whole thing. And so it's a, pro it's, it's a big deal though, Try trying to make all those videos and have your shop. Yeah. Um, every aspect of your shop, um, SOP is a tremendous task. <laughs> yeah. I, I have an intern that I'm going to um, be converting over to a, a employee by the end of the month. And like, we have our, our L10 meetings every Monday and it's been, I, I told you guys, it's my rock that I'm doing it. And I'll tell him like, yeah, I uploaded five more videos. And he's like, cool. So to him, he's like, all right. But to me, I'm like, dude, you know how hard it's been for me to like edit these and put in all this stuff. It's, it's. But it's it's good looking looking at it now because I have them all in my drive, and I've been sharing them with them. So like he'll ask me a question like, "Hey, how do I run the the plotter?" And I'm like, "Hey, go check this video." You know, it's just it's just so much easier for him to, and he's an artist too, and artists don't like to read as much. I mean, I'm maybe I'm probably speaking for the whole, but it's just easier for us to see something and then cool, bet got it, and they and they can rewind it, whatever. So, but it is very difficult. It's I'm been definitely. Hard. I'm definitely that guy, like with anything, like if I have to do something at home, like if I have to, you know, work on my lawnmower or do something in the house or whatever, and I don't know how to do it. That's the first thing I do is pull YouTube up on my phone and just search like, yep. you know, change oil on a Cub Cadet lawnmower. And it's like, <clears throat> I can look through and see exactly like what I need to do or what I, what I missed or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I mean, what fast cap, and what all of those SOP videos, um, one of their goals is, is that anyone off the street can walk in, hit that QR code, watch that mm -hmm. video and do it, do that task. Not somebody at your shop even, just mm -hmm. like a stranger mm -hmm. can can watch that video and, and, and do exactly the task that the video is about. And so you want to simplify it, make it easy and make it so that if somebody's not here, that knows how to run that machine that we can figure it out pretty easily. You know what I mean? So that's mm -hmm. the goal anyway. Speaking of security systems yeah. or cameras, I should say, <laughs> Dylan and I know of a shop that was broken into yesterday, oh, Tony Tiny Fish. Wow. And um, yeah, yeah. And he has, and he, I think he said it was like the second time this month wow. or within a month. And um, he's doubling down on all security. like. To this should. next week, this coming week. Um, and so, you know, I just, I was curious, like what kind of security systems do you have? Do you have video? Do you have an yeah. alarm? Yeah. You know, what, what do you yeah. guys, 
running right tell now. Tell us the passcode and where, <laughs> right? where they're pointed. I and... know you just talked about that too. Uh, uh, Annie, you said <laughs> people get the key, what the key keypad or key, something like that in the last one. Of the last yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Well, um, a key. Everybody <laughs> a key has their own code in. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, yeah. I mean, I, I have a video. Um, it scared, it terrified me. And to be honest with you, um, when I first took over the shop, it was it was janky, uh, just in general. And then my neighbor is a salon. So I talked to her during the acquisition and as I was taking over the shop and she was like, yeah, you know, I got broken into last holidays. And they like came in and was like scratching her butts and looking at like, they're real comfortable. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, I didn't have a camera. And I'm like, oh, people are bold when they feel like there's no camera looking, but I'm like, when there is a camera, I feel like people are probably will move a lot faster or, or it's really a deterrent. If someone's going to break into, you know, wherever they're going to do it regardless. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I knew that and I took over this business last August and she told me that I say mid August. So it took me some time, but I think in November of October of last year, I actually invested in, in some cameras and I got them out back because I have two sheds back there. Um, I have one pointed at each of them. They're all super hyper sensitive. So if I did have it really bad where if a leaf dropped, it told me, but I don't know. I, I super, super scared. I try to take as much as I can home, like my laptop, things like that. But I mean, I can't lug a press, you know, and I'm right off the boulevard. It's a huge, gigantic window. And so, mm-hmm. but I do video. That's, that's been my thing. So I just texted Tony and he said he didn't have an alarm in working <sighs> order at the moment. Like he has video, but not a security. So like, wow. Here, you know, we have not only an alarm that if you break in with motion, there's motions all over the place, there's door mm-hmm. contacts. But if you break in, mm-hmm. not only is this ear piercing siren going to go off, but it also dials out um, and to the, you know, actually to a dispatch. And yeah. then they dispatch, they call me, they don't get a hold of me, they send police. And so, you know, you have to decide, I suppose, like, I know Dylan, we talked about this, it seems like a year ago and you just have like the baseball bat method, right? Because you're in a small town and, yeah. um, Johnny the came back in the house. Like, why is your cousin coming here trying to break in again? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Don't like, we know who it would be. Yeah. yeah right. We have cameras now though. And the other thing though, too, is like with all the improvements outside around the shop, we've added a lot more like lights. Um, so like every door has pretty much like a good, like well-lit light on it. And every door also has a camera and then there's cameras like facing the parking lot, facing like the stairs and like out back and everything else. So, um, it's one of those things, like, I feel like we have cameras and if somebody wants to break in, they can break in. Like we have like glass doors and shit. So like if somebody wanted to just break the door, walk in, take your shit and leave, like they could do that. But it's also too, like, what the fuck are they going to steal? Uh, they can't take a press. They can't take a fucking. Like, they could take our computers, but like, mm-hmm. I love Bella Canvas. Mm, that, I hope someone <laughs> doesn't do it. Yeah, like I hope someone doesn't do it. But like, whatever. You buy another computer. Like, I don't know. Um, I think that the sense of security. Um, you know, knowing that um, it, it's only like seventy five dollars a month or something. Maybe it's a hundred. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But that is all it is to have you have a security system monitored it's adt mm-hmm. it's a national company yeah. and you um you always but know, you know you what's want... free though it's just having that adt sticker or sign out front 
and then they just think you have ADT. Yeah. And just and have some some dummy doesn't lights with or dummy cameras with like the red light blinking that's off Amazon. I've had those for like ten years. Yeah. I have actual cameras now, but for the longest time, I had like yeah. a fucking like dummy camera above the door. Well, let's yeah. say that you were broken into um, tonight, okay. tomorrow, and, and you don't catch the person, and they take the computers. Tomorrow, do you get a security system, or do you still say "fuck it, we're good"? You know, um, I'll just I'll use my the same just, method as always. I just sleep here for a week with a shotgun in my hands and hope they come back. Okay, but they don't come back in a week. They come back in six months. My or it's a different person. My point is, is that I think maybe until it happens, you're cool with your method yeah. that you're using now. But yeah. um, for for even if it was a hundred dollars a month for twelve hundred dollars a year, you know that within five minutes of somebody breaking in here, there's going to be police here. So they got yeah. five minutes most. But you know you're guaranteed the ADT stealing twelve hundred dollars a year from you. Well, it's like with any insurance policy. <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah. you're. It's a bet, right? I suppose. So you're, yeah, it's reassurance. I like it. You know, don't insure down- your building for a fire because <laughs> they won't come. The only downside <laughs> so to that, ahead, I'm sorry. and I found Did it. You- no, it's fine. It's fine. The only downside to that on, on my side is San Diego Sheriff Department. They charge you if it's like a false alarm. So that that like with my security system, yeah. they'll they'll call. And then, like, I got a fat bill, like twelve hundred dollars. I'm like, dude, like I told you guys not to come. Like, oh, why? Dang. Like, yeah, and it's like a false alarm. I literally I have you, the yeah. New York State. I have the New York State troopers right next door. Like the very next building is the, the police station. So, they hook it up. That's a I, really I've been good. pulled over. I've been pulled over <laughs> at my own shop like fifteen times. Yeah. <laughs> Just like lingering well, out here at night with like a black hoodie on. Mm-hmm. They stop me like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I own this place." And they're like, "No, I'll prove it." <laughs> okay. Like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's like, cool I, it, like, not even kidding. Like, this sounds stupid, but like back when we used to have the when I have to come down here at night to do the fire, like I would see them drive slowly by. I would like act suspicious on purpose just to see if they would stop. Yeah. Like You're I would pull my shit. hood up, or I would like shut the light off real quick, or like, <laughs> you know, like just be weird. Oh, you're doing that to test them to see if they were actually are watching? Yeah, like, I kind of want to, like, have them stop and be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm just like, fuck you, I own this place. Like, I just want to say, like, hey. But it is cool. Like, it's cool that they stop because then I know, like, if it wasn't me and it was someone else, they would, like, say something. But I don't know. It's just interesting seeing them, like, creep by. And then you get to know them, too. Like, I know almost all of them now, and they all wave and whatever. But, yeah. No, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've I've never. I feel like I've had people try to break in here before. Like I've seen like locks or door handles like slightly fucked up. Like you know, it's probably just some kid, just like testing to see if the door would open, mm-hmm. uh, but not have the balls to actually break in. But I don't know. I. Have you ever had your car broken into? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally and stolen. It's yeah, so, so violating. It sucks to know that somebody was... Yeah, but, it's horrible. Yeah, it does. It, it's probably different for you guys, but like I say broken into, but like I don't lock my car. So... <laughs> just asking for it then. <laughs> again, it's like... Just like your shop. Like, yeah. like come right. on, guys. Like, come again, on, just take all of it. it <laughs> like where I live, where my house is, is like... Uh, like up the road a ways is like a trailer park. Uh, and those kids that live in that trailer park, 
generally walk past my house to go to town like if they want to go do whatever in town so i feel like it's one of those like two in the morning they're just like walking down the road like opening cars to see if they're locked and if they're not locked they always just steal all the change out of my center console it's not like they like steal shit in my car they're just like oh he's got like twenty dollars and quarters <laughs> like yeah, yeah. No, no. i've had somebody actually take my car and, and joyride it and leave it because san diego we're right next to like uh well san Isidro's right at the borderline and then we have tj so they literally left <laughs> my car in somebody's driveway still running so that was very violating oh, wow. yeah and i had the sheriff call me like you want your car i'm like do i because they've had it for like three days and i don't even know what condition it's in right now so <laughs> it's like blood all everywhere it was like, all kinds yeah, of bodily it fluids was, it was horrible mm-hmm. i didn't even yeah it was it was very violating though they, they took it like five minutes after i got yeah, home. i had somebody i had somebody smash my passenger side window in and it was tinted so it was it was weird how it you know how it's usually spider webs or whatever well they smashed it and it all stayed together because of the tint the the film or whatever kept all the glass together so i could pick it up like this even though it was shattered um but they the the worst part is is that they stole nothing there was nothing to steal like they just did that fuck this window no they did that (laughs) they did it to six cars and all parked right there in a row and they but in my car i had nothing you know like they just did that to look and then they got saw there was nothing and instead i had to buy a new piece of glass (laughs) you know it sucked yeah kids that do that when they're younger like maybe roughly 17 18 years old out of high school they're bad kids for doing things like that didn't you do stuff like that <laughs> he's speaking from a place of sexual limitations <laughs> we better not talk you know like a like You're a heavy piece of conduit <laughs> like a heavy piece of conduit or maybe like a bunch of like bowling balls or like some snapple bottles filled with quickrete like they they don't work good for stuff like that at all <laughs> all right man so tell us how tell us about your shop how did you okay. get started uh started kind of similar to to most um wanted to really take my own brand and do my own thing with it um honestly i didn't even start uh, silkscreen first uh, my dad was an airbrusher and that's what his, that was his first uh, business that he had in high school with my uncle um so he did that and it slowly just trickled into like as a side hustle as you know he became an adult so i got exposed to it as a kid and i would go during like middle school and stuff and help him load the shirts up he press them and all that stuff and then it led to me starting my own like personal brand which was super uh it was really all about me Really, um, I just made stuff that I liked and I didn't give a F if anyone else liked it either. Um, and then what happened from there, uh, people started seeing the clothes that I was making and I wasn't airbrushing it. I was actually painting on garments because um, I didn't know what still screen was. So, um, and I seen my dad actually airbrush and that's, it's not like what the press does. You know, it's not as quote unquote professional and you can't mass produce, but I just wanted to make my own stuff. Um, and from there, like I had friends of mine that liked what I was doing and they would bring me sneakers or they would bring me like a sweater and say, hey, can you customize some jeans for me or, or my blank sneakers to match this hoodie or hat or whatever? So I started doing that. And then um, in high school, I stumbled across this class that was a business class. And that gave me the information that I needed to uh, start learning how to market, to not be so selfish um, and make stuff just for myself. But I learned more about making things for, for customers and things like that. So. From that experience, um, I decided to make my own clothing line. This was 
10th grade, not 10th grade, uh, I was in uh, 12th grade. So right before I was about to graduate from high school um, and through that, I recruited some friends of mine and, you know, we just started balls out, man, just doing our thing. And it's, it's funny because um, I learned about guerrilla marketing shortly after we started that. And I don't know if you guys know what that is or, or care to know, but um, really guerrilla marketing is just being that obnoxious person out on the street, just giving your flyers out to whoever, like fishnet marketing somewhat. And um, we decided to do that <laughs> with the clothing line. And our way of doing that was- How, eff how effective was that? It, it wasn't that effective, honestly, because what happened was in San Diego, we have a few different um, beaches. And I printed out some three by three uh, stickers from Jack Prince, which everyone should know what that is. Um, and we took them in one night. We went in all black and we just sticker blasted like four or five different uh, beaches. And I was like, wherever someone can look, that's eye level. You're going to put a sticker. So in all the urinals, I'm like, when the women are using the bathroom and they look and grab tissue, <laughs> put one there. We literally blasted the entire like everything. So I was feeling good about myself. And then the next day, next morning. Um, I get a call from the city and they're like, just letting you know that it's a $400 fine for every single sticker that you posted. So if I were you, I would come <laughs> get as many as you can. So tell between my legs, me and my friends went down and, and pulled them off. And then um, after that, I mean, life just took me in a different direction. Um, yeah. And I started to do more. A, you got to <laughs> stop there for a second. That sucks. <sighs> like, did you guys just fucking have to peel every sticker? Every sticker. And the stickers, like... The stickers weren't as easy to come off because we, and it's also where we I put them. I bet you were regretting those urinal ones. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. We put them in some of the most obnoxious <laughs> places. I was like, put them on the floor when the guys are like, crap, like it was bad. But we did as much as we could. Luckily, I didn't get fined and my dumb ass put like my, na my name and my number and my email on the sticker. So I, I asked for that. But I was happy about the word and the term of Gorilla Market. I was like, that's so cool. Let's go do it. And it bit me in the fucking <laughs> ass. But um, yeah, so I, I, I did uh, my clothing line for a few years and life took me in a different direction. And um, at towards the end of that, I actually was walking home from school and I was learning about silkscreen because obviously I couldn't hand paint everything. So that's when I got introduced to that. And I ran across, you know, everyone... It's a big battle. You guys already know about Ryanette and Catspit. And honestly, I believe it was Ryanette. There's something that I've seen, and I might send it to you guys, but I believe Ryanette was the first, the first uh, like silk screen education that was out there. And I ran into his videos and learned about it and had like that, that aha moment, but didn't have the money or the funds to get in, get into it. So I just kind of put it in my, my memory bank and life just took me in, in a different direction for a little bit, not long. Um, and then I was able to save up some money. Oh, before that, sorry, um, I was walking home from from uh, work one day after I knew what a silkscreen machine was. Um, in front of my apartments, there was a freaking small little shop. And it's crazy how when you know something, you start to see it and, and recognize stuff. And you start to see them all over the all place. over the place, all over the place. And I, and I've literally, like I said, it was in front of my apartment complex. And that day, my my car wasn't working. So I'm like, it's just everything happens for a reason. And the guy had his shop door open, and I seen his press going around. And at that time, I'd never seen the press in real life. I only seen Ryan and him showing what he was, or Ryan showing what he was doing. So I came in and I start talking to him. I was like, man, if, if you can just show me how to do this. And I had my clothing. I was like, can you just print this design, print my logo on the shirt? Cause that's all I wanted to see was my logo, like professionally printed. And I said, I would sweep whatever. So about two weeks, <laughs> um, he showed me everything. 
he showed me how to print he showed me how he was exposing um he showed me the film all that stuff and it was super 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 dope and then yeah life took me in a different direction was homeless a little bit um and had to go through that those trials and those tribulations and then luckily um still had it in me like i just i couldn't wait to get a, a press and i finally was able to get a press a few years, years later and started my first uh i think it was like oh nine i started my first silkscreen business and yeah man been rocking ever since so yeah were you uh when you finally got a press were you just gonna do your clothing line stuff or were you trying to do stuff for actual clients no that that kind of that at that time i was dancing so i told you like life took me in a, in a whole totally different direction and you know I'm, i was a singer dancer and i was through the clothing line i was sponsoring and working with artists not only in the music but through that so the opportunities that I created with the clothing line, some of those opportunities took me out of focusing on the clothing line. Um, so when I started to get the resources to get my own press, I was already thinking of, okay, you know, I, I can print for these people. And, and plus, like really with Ryanette, he was teaching you the game about how to actually become a printer for other people. You know, it wasn't like, hey, you know, you make this for yourself. I know that's how his story started, um, of him kind of making his own stuff. But what I took from his, his content was, hey, this is how you can print, and this is how you can print for other people. These are halftones. This is your darkroom. This is how you expose, like all those things. I I started to get that game of like, hmm, maybe I can print for other people, and I don't have to stress out about trend chasing and and all that. I could just really just print all for the some hard parts of making a clothing line. Marketing I have, it. Um, I have and, a yeah. saying. So uh, I heard the saying recently: one who chases two rabbits catches neither. And it sort of reminds me of your, um, you said that, you know, you were, had been trying this for a while mm. and you kept getting, life took you in different directions and maybe you got distracted mm. or you weren't, you know, hundred percent all in focused on screen printing and you were mm. chasing other rabbits or something, you mm. know? So now at this point, are you 100% all in on screen printing and that's it? Yeah. Um, and when I say life, you know, I had, uh, yeah, it, it was, I, and that's a part of my journey too. And that's why I started my social media content um, because I was stuck in this way of thinking. And now, nowadays, like we're all moving towards, you don't have to do something that you don't like to do, especially with this generation now. Like my parents came from the whole factory and that kind of stuff. Like, oh, you have to work at a job and get a pension. We all know that doesn't, that doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore, right? So for me, I was still coming. I was a product of that mentality. Like I got to go work this job and do, and this only can be a side hustle, you know? And I didn't have, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur in certain, in some ways, but he wasn't a full-time entrepreneur. So that was what I saw. And I was trying to break that, that cycle and be able to do, make that come. Cause I loved silkscreen. It was something that I did. Um, and my last job, I worked for a nonprofit, one of the biggest nonprofits, uh, the YMCA. And uh, for 14 years, man, I was working with kids and loved it. And I had my silkscreen press and that was my side hustle. So every principal that I talked to, every school, every, you know, avid class, whatever it was, I was printing for them. So, but I knew mm -hmm. like that I was moonlighting as a, as a screen printer but I didn't know what it took, what it would take for me to become full-time. And then just recently I was able to accomplish that. And I, and that's why I started my content short, right? A little bit before that transition to help other people like me be able to say, no, you can, if you want a sales screen or you, whatever it is, you know, do it, you know, find a way to, to do it. So, but I am all in now, all in full-time. Yeah. One thing I was curious about, and I was thinking about this, the other day because we were talking about you know marketing and 
doing outbound sales and all this other stuff is like how different is it now because you said you tried to do the guerrilla marketing and you're making content and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. back when i first started it was with social media but it was like super early social media it was like myspace and like Mm -hmm. the beginnings of facebook and you know whatever because before that it was just like like band forums and stuff like getting on and talking to bands and it was difficult to deal with on there and then social media started but it was more just like direct message was the way to go like myspace it was like in order to get a hold of a band it was you send them a direct message basically well isn't that guerrilla marketing now the new guerrilla marketing wouldn't it be didn't it shift from like flyers on cars and stickers wherever on light posts and stuff did it shift over to you know email blasts and then also maybe um just direct messaging people on instagram or whatever you know however you're doing it yeah but i mean back then it was back then it was wild west with that kind of stuff too (laughs) because there was like no like laws or limits or anything like back when myspace started and you were a a business you could buy bots that basically would just message everybody and eventually they came out with whatever it was like a hundred a day message limit or something and the bot would run for a hundred and it would stop and i would have to wait until 24 hours to do it all over again you just did it every day and hit your limit and then it was whatever it was um but i was just curious like with you now with like you making youtube stuff and whatever you're doing for your business like it seems way harder now to start and have to make content and deal with stuff like that than it did back then because it was so i don't know it was so easy and now i feel like there's so many like algorithms and you know limits and everybody's trying to do it all at the same time it's not like fresh and new anymore uh, for me like <clears throat> with, when it comes to guerrilla marketing i think back during that time and that's why facebook is so so um effective in their and and their campaigns that they offer their clients is because they know a lot about their clients and that's what they're selling to us as business yeah. owners. They can say, I know where they're at. I know what groups they're in. I know what they like. I know how long it takes for them to purchase this item. I know how many items they purchased last week. I know what they leave in their cart. I know why they leave it in their cart. There's so many different things that Facebook has. Right. And I think back, yeah, and and back then we didn't have that information. So my, my understanding of guerrilla marketing was you just cast a net and hope. And it was like that rule of 10, you know? And, and that's how I started my journey when I was, promoting my businesses is like, hey, I'm gonna pass out 100 flyers to get 10 people, you know? And that's how I thought, but it's not that anymore because now you can go onto social media and understand um, what your content is and understand really understand who your audience members are and your who, what your niche is. They call it a niching down to blow up, right? And if you're able to do that, you're able to understand that person and it's marketing one-on-one. Some people call it, and that's one thing I, I when I when I heard about these terms in school of marketing, it really is kind of like you're stereotyping somebody, but really, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, you know, if you're watching a football game and you see the commercials that are playing in between, they're stereotyping because they know what their audience is. Oh, yeah, yeah for it's sure. a demographic. Exactly. It's, it's a demographic Ex- that you're, exactly. you're looking for, for sure. And, and yep. I mean, now it's more targeted and focused more than ever because, you know, people voluntarily like you're talking about Facebook. Most people voluntarily, you know, put up on Facebook what they like, you know, and their age and where they live and all this sort of stuff. And so Mm -hmm. you can, you don't have to cast as wide of a net, but, but like Dylan said, it's more, there's more coming your way, you know, it's, everybody's doing it. And so Mm -hmm. is it ignored? Yeah. Do you open, 
that's the thing though too is it's mm. like with instagram that's a reason why a lot of people don't like it nowadays is because you can't get noticed at all you can't just play the game like you can't just be a free player and be like i'm you have gonna to pay I'm, to play you have to pay to play with everything mm. like you can't mm. just be like oh, okay like i make cool content i'm gonna push it because it's not gonna get seen you might have a 50,000 followers but like a hundred people might see your post because you're not spending any money on ads and you're not like yeah I think a certain amount four of... times a day or posting like you're not using mu music that's like post Malone or something that's like super popular and current like right then and there you can't use your own shit or nobody cares it won't get seen yeah I think there's an extent that you know organically people will see your stuff there's a certain amount a certain amount of virality i guess and then it just falls off you know because unless you pay <laughs> yeah, you right. know and we don't we don't do any of that yeah. we and, used to like five years ago or something i i did a little bit but not anymore i i really think it's really the person too and what what you're trying to go for like somebody might just like that authenticity of their content and you know and that's the thing about instagram instagram is more or less like your followers people that you actually um that you do things for you know you're posting things for them to see what's happening in your shop or your life and then you know mm -hmm. i don't i think TikTok is more or less like they're they're putting things that people like it's more it's more the algorithm is working to put things that you like in front of you and you just got to figure out what mm -hmm. is successful what's what's success to you like what do you want your content to look like i mean and how you want your business mm -hmm. if you want your business to be at this you know revenue cap and you don't want to continue to grow and have social media be a part of that you can definitely because there's businesses nowadays like they never like restaurants i know a lot of restaurants that have been around for decades and they never have to worry about marketing because they don't want to they're like i'm fine i don't there was a shop that I actually you mean social media yeah. marketing, social media marketing, or just mm -hmm. any marketing. They're like, we're fine. We like what we're doing. We don't need to be this brand on social media. We're happy just being this okay. shop, you know? So I really think it depends on, you know, what you're trying to do. If you want to have that social media presence and what do you want to get from it? Do you want to get customers from it? Or do you want to just kind of show the hot behind the scenes or you want, how do you want to do it? You know, the hard part is it's like, for me, I've always been like, I want to do it as raw or just like as in our own way as possible. That's like, what I she want to said, use by the way. Music I want to use on a video. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely she did. Um, and like, I just want to do it my way and I want to post the things that I want to post. I don't want to play the game. I don't want to like make sure I have to post a certain amount of times a day because I feel like it's not real. It's not authentic in that point because I'm like, oh, I have to do three posts a day or I have to do this. But the problem is, is that, like you said, like a restaurant might not have to do any marketing because they're local and the people that eat there are locals and they all they have to do is go there, try the food, be like, I like it. And then they just keep coming back. My business here is not local at all. Like I have to get out there and be seen in order to get new customers. Like I can keep the customers I have and I can just do the word of mouth thing. But if I want to get any new customers, I either have to do cold calls and cold emails, or I have to just post more shit on the internet so that I can get seen by more people that want to come here and get stuff. So that's the thing is like, I want to be as authentic as I can be without having to sell my soul and play the game a ton. Like you have to play the game somewhat, but like yeah. it gets annoying at this point where it's like, like I said, I've been talking to people about like, oh, TikTok is the new thing to like get seen on. And I'm like, cool, well, how do you, 
like when you search how to like be seen on TikTok, it's like, well, you have to make sure somebody's face is basically being seen or somebody's in the video, not just things. And you have to try to use current music or some kind of trend that they're doing, like some kind of like new dance or uh, just like whatever's trending with videos nowadays. And it's like, fuck that. I don't want to do that at all. Is this like, what's pushed you towards some contract work? You know, th that type of customer instead of retail? No, I still want to do retail. I just want to, I, I'm, I have to approach it differently. Like I said, for the past like 13 years, I've done it one way. Like I've just been like posting things the way I want to post things. And I've dealt with social media because most like two or three years ago, 99% of my business came from like Instagram. Like I would get good big business or the kind of business I wanted through Instagram DMs or whatever and then email and calls and then eventually whatever. But nowadays I feel like it's not that at all. Like I have to like do the old school way of like, you know, calling them or sending them get like uh, sample boxes and like doing the feet on the ground approach rather than check out my page kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, so, for I don't, I don't know. I just was curious with you with like, I know you're doing like, YouTube stuff and you're doing marketing stuff like that. How are you finding marketing your business is sufficient nowadays? Like what's, what's your method for getting new business? I got help, honestly. And that's what I was going to say to you, you know, um, it may be something that you're not good at and you may not even care about, but there's somebody out there that can help you. Um, and that's what I did. I, I, I understood that. And that's how I ran my content. I just did what I wanted and then I, I sat down and I recruited somebody to actually come in and help me with my social media and you know, she's helped so much. Like things that, that I I wanna post, she's like, Cool, it's too long. Figure this out, change this, do that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna put all I'm gonna give you a drive. Right. And then all I'm going to do is, I, and a good thing about Google Drive is you can record a video right into the Google Drive. So you don't even have to put it on your phone. You record it right in your Google Drive. And I just tell her, just let me see, let me see your, your schedule of how you're going to post it. And as long as I, you know, the hashtags, you know, all that, like, I don't need to know that. That's not something that I even want to know because there's other parts in the business that, that I feel like I could grow from. So to yeah. answer your question, yeah, I mean, there's people out there that I think can help us because I think all of us can agree that's not something we want to do. We don't want to figure out what's going to be popping on freaking like what's cool on social media. I don't care. And <laughs> yeah, but there's somebody out there that's that can. A, yeah. And I, do it for you. Yeah. I think that's just the hard part for me is like it's that letting go part because I feel like it's just been me for forever. Like I've been in charge of all the social media stuff and like I don't like it when I see a business that you can tell, like they just hired a social media person yeah. and they're, that person's just playing the game all day long. It's their job. They're not really invested in it too much. They're just, it's literally their day job is to just like post stuff, get it done, yeah. whatever. And it's like, to me, I, I feel like if I was to hire somebody, they would just have to have our vision in place or like they're posting things that actually have substance and have like, whatever we want in it rather than just like make posts to make posts like something they could be like oh it's ink tuesday and it's like i like pantone one three four seven and it's like dude i don't fucking give a shit what, what it, like i don't care about that like 
I don't know. I feel like I'm just an old man complaining right now. <laughs> it's um, all good. I mean, it's I think you're good. right. I think it yeah. used to be uh, way more fun. I think that um, it was way easier, you know. Um, I, I think that now if you are going to play the social media games and try, you know, if that's your way to get new business and you're going to develop business with social media, you have to take it way more seriously than it used to be because, yeah. you know, you're just not seen as much. And so I think what Michael said is exactly right, is that if you don't have the time to do it or you don't have the know-how or don't want to know how to do it, then you need to hire somebody because what needs to be happening is, is some of those things you mentioned, you know, a lot of posts every day and they need to be authentic. And so how do you, how do you blend that and make it work? I think that there's pros out there that can, you know, and I think that there needs to be like with our podcast, three people put this podcast on and we decided to keep it that way. We decided to have it just the three of us to be sort of like out of your basement. You know, that's what we want to, that's the feel we want. And that's, um, why I want to come here on a Sunday and record because it's fun still. We do some posts here and there and we put stuff in our story, but we're not on LinkedIn or we're not on TikTok or we're not out there sh saying, hey, check out Shirt Show if you're a screen printer and here's why you should. You know, here be like this little 10 second thing, but we don't do that. You know, why? Because we don't have the time. <laughs> but also the cool part about that though is that it, like, I feel like it's a it's a good like cult classic movie or like an album that's a like the band's still just fucking kicking it and they're doing their thing and they don't fucking care about big labels and all this other stuff. They're just mm -hmm. doing their thing. And the people who like the show fucking like the show. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're not trying to go to the masses and be like, hey, fucking like us, like us, like us. We're just like, hey, we're two dickheads that get on here and talk about stupid shit. It's sort of I guess it's up to you. You know, it's. It's up to your yeah. shop. There's monster shops. There are shops that have 20 presses that, that don't even post on Instagram. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, so. th and that's what I was going to say about social media and just in general. <clears throat> you know, there's two, there's many different ways you can skin a cat, right? Same thing comes with social media. And it's all about your authority. Like you guys right now, for instance, you know, with Shirt Show, right now you guys are doing it extremely organic, extremely organic, which is good because your numbers are probably decent. You know, your watch time because of people that are watching your videos like myself, I watched the entire fucking thing, you know? And then when you get into that playing the game of, okay, getting this clickbait or having all this other stuff to kind of like bait people in to watch your stuff. And then you start getting Make fucking thumbnails where we do this every time. Yeah, And then they drop off. <laughs> exactly. They drop I off and things like that. that so much. But the good thing about it is the thing about shirt show, the content is somewhat evergreen. So, let's say five months from now, you guys won't even need to film as much. You can batch record or whatever you want to do. And it just goes. And the same thing goes with your social media. If, if you're really looking for quality customers and you know you just want to have authentic social media, that should match whatever your customers are too. Like if you have organic customers, like that's your true. social media should match that. If you have people that, because that's your audience. And it, like I said too, it depends on what, what social point. media you're on. You know, if, if you have... Like myself, I'm, yeah. I'm a diehard. I love silkscreen. So listening to you guys is awesome. But somebody that's just trying to get into it real quick or just an opportunist, they want to just make some money real quick and they heard about the silkscreen thing, you yeah, guys are going to be wanna fucking, We don't want to talk to those people either. <laughs> exactly. So you guys are building I, something that's that's pretty cool. And in five, six years down the road, you guys won't, and you guys can say that. We never did it because the people that listen to our podcast, that love on our podcast, are diehard freaking sales screeners and print shops and that's yeah. that's who we fuck with. and yeah. nothing it falls in brand from our social media to everything so i love social media yeah. but it kind of i think i think nerves. my point 
I think my point to it was is that like like you just said like I want to make the content that I want to make and I want it to go to my organic uh, followers that like the things that I like but the problem is is that you have to pay to play to even get the people who follow you and want to see your stuff to see your stuff yeah you know what I mean it's like I have X amount of followers and like people that might just want to see my stuff because they love what we do don't always get to see it because it just doesn't go out to everybody yeah. so yeah. i don't know we can leave this topic because it's just you know <laughs> it it's never going to end and it changes every single day so it's sure different does. but i was just curious like because i know you're you know you're kind of a content creator as well so i didn't know if you're going about it a different way or whatever because i kind of saw like with your youtube like you made a bunch of videos and you kind of stopped for a little while i didn't know if it was something where like life happened or if you were just like kind of burnt out on making videos or no shop happened that's what happened I, what? I, I bought my first business and that shit shout out to lee stewart to everybody out there that can film their process with their business and their growth and turn on that camera <laughs> and film it and still live life because that shit is hard and that was it that was me you know <laughs> um i was filming every single week batch recording and when i took over the shop it wasn't that i didn't want to do it anymore it was my day changed you know um, I wasn't, yeah, it, it just was different. So I want to get back to that. And I have, yeah. I've had a lot of my audience, they've been patient and they've been telling me like, Hey, like you helped us, you know, with some of your content, you helped us with, you know, being able to run my small business and you gave us resources. So where are you at? You know, but the good thing about it is a lot of my content is evergreen. So searchable, people can still look at it, but like in regards to like putting up new content, it's just, it's been hard, man, trying to put out a good product and yeah. make content that people want to listen to and and i was gonna to leave it at this i know we could we probably move on to the next thing but um yeah with social media just look at your numbers and see what what people are, are looking at and who cares about it because you may think that your customers appreciate your social media but that 20 percent that give you 80 to 20 80 rule the people that are buying from you they may mm -hmm. they don't care about the social media they may care more about your your outreach <laughs> you know so it just depends if social right. me social media helps but you just got to see what type of customer you're looking for. I know for me, social media is not something that I get a lot of content. It's not something I get customers from. It's just a, a community that I'm building and awareness of my brand. But um, I get I get word of mouth like most shops and, you know, social media is just like that, like that thing that they can go to and just see some behind the scenes stuff. And but and I get a couple yeah. of jobs here and there, but. I think you may be getting some customers indirectly like they maybe they don't mention it. You know, they walk in your shop and they say, hey, I want 100 shirts. They don't say anything about the fact that they did check your Instagram out or whatever, just to make sure that, you know, you were legit, you know. Mm, yeah, and so yeah. we, I think we've mentioned that before, too. It's just sort of like a portfolio to say, yeah, we exist. We're on we're on social media. We have a shop and, and we care about our like what we do. And they see that in there and then they come in and order shirts. You know, sometimes it happens to us indirectly, I'm sure. Um, but yeah. Um, so what do you want to talk about next? What are you guys excited about? <laughs> oh, I mean, I have my event that's coming up. <laughs> What's your event? Uh, Printtober, man. We've been pushing it a lot on social media. It's, my, it's something I wanted to do when I first came into the shop. I wanted to do an open house event. But my shop looked like shit, so I couldn't do it. I had to paint and do what I did for the past year. And now it looks presentable. So I want people to come into it and um, I want to love on, on on the community. And, you know, I want to make silk screen sexy where I'm from. You know, it's not something that people, it's for real. Like nobody really knows. 
like in front of my shop, I have this billboard and the old owner had silk, silk pr screen printing. I'm like, really? Nobody fucking knows what screen printing is. So I changed it to we print t-shirts because obviously you have to educate the customer. Like some customers know what it is, but they come in like, I want to screen print it. And then they start talking about thread. And I'm like, what? Because they don't know, you know? So <laughs> um, by me doing this right. event, I want to be able to have that relationship with the with the community. And so it's, it's been stressful. Before I actually got on, I was drawing out how I wanted the shop to be organized and set up in the flow of it. But yeah. So you're doing it for like a weekend, a day? Just a day. It, um, like, it's the first one. I'm not expecting for it to be super successful, but I've been promoting my ass off, telling everybody and their mama and their cousin and their whoever wants to come. Um, but yeah, um, just- Been putting and, stickers up everywhere? Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, but just no name. <laughs> No name, no number, <laughs> no contact information. Yeah. Not trying to have a police pull up. Mm -hmm. Nope. Not over here. But <laughs> no, thank you. But it's 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 gonna be fun. I'm terrified because it's my first one in the shop and I have it I print in front of people because of the way the shop's set up. Like people naturally walk in and they see the press move in and they see the heat press right behind me and but this is different. You know, I'm, I'm partnering with uh, uh, my old elementary school where the fifth graders actually submitted some artwork and I'm going to take it and make it even better, um, collaborate with that with that student. And it's going to be fun. Um, so they're actually making the design and we're going to have two sizes and it's going to be fun. Come in and get some candy and we're making swag That's bags great. and all that. So they're free, I guess, what you're saying. Free. So all this stuff is free to whoever shows up. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. The only thing we're asking is that, you know, people bring, uh, mm -hmm. they can bring a shirt because I got it from Threadbare. Um, I loved how she said it was like a recycled thing and it's it's the first event. So I'm not expecting for it to be super crazy. Um, and I don't want to, because I am a quote unquote perfectionist. I don't want to not do it because I want it to be perfect. Um, but that's the goal is for people to be able to eventually bring a, bring a recycled shirt or whatever. Um, and then we'll be able to print for them. But uh, this one is just, they can bring whatever shirt mm -hmm. they want and then we'll print it for them. And Every time I help. hear that, I think about Jared talking about uh, free the free T-shirt day that he does, mm -hmm. and he used yeah. to let people bring shirts. Yep. But the problem is, is so many people would bring shirts like literally off their back or not washed, <laughs> yep. and he, they would he would have to print like a shitty sweaty shirt or something, yep. and then run it through the dryer, Ugh. and then the shop would smell like that dude's musk. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, right. So well, just be beware of. Uh, people not bringing you the cleanliest. We have contingency plans uh, for that. So we uh, went into our inventory and pulled out just a whole plethora of uh, shirts. So just in case it doesn't meet the standards, here, pick one from this box. Um, mm -hmm. And that's also something that I'm, mm -hmm. I'm talking to my social media team about um, is we're, we're every we get closer to the date, we're gonna start releasing a little bit more. So we're putting together um, like a little small video to let people know, hey, you know, bring a shirt this size. This is going to be the print. Once I'm done finalizing the print, this is the print size. You know, these are the colors that are going to be available so that when they come, it's not like, oh, my God, I don't know what's, you know. So we do have um, <laughs> some inventory yeah. for uh, shirts that we think are just janky. Like, I'm not printing on that. Yeah, How junk. often um, do you guys print on customer supplied garments oh, or items or do oh, you even? Um, and that's I mean, you no know, new ones. I don't mean I don't mean recycled new. You're you're oh gosh, Andy. I was gonna that's the question I was gonna ask you guys later. But um, we print once it started becoming a, a issue, and I recognize it. And I think I was watching one of your guys's videos, and I actually emailed you, Andy, and asked. But it's been a lot. I think maybe once a week we've been getting that. 
Um, and unfortunately, not mm -hmm. any of the new customers that I have, because I talked to them about it, but some of the customers that I inherited from the previous business owner, they were under that impression um, where they just could bring their own stuff and they, they just think that it's so much cheaper. And I'm like, no. So the way we explain yeah. it to them is, hey, we're the professionals. We know what that print is going to look like on the garments that you're going to get. And and I tell them too, and I'd seen this on another Printavo uh, with another owner where he was like, I'm in the business for printing. I'm not in a business for selling blanks. So I tell my customers, I'm honest with them. I say, hey, the price that I get the garments for are going to be cheaper than you're going to get them for. And the only thing that I'm going to charge you for is getting them to the shop. So if it's $50 for me to ship them here and it costs you at the end of the day, you get 24 garments and I charge you $3 per garment because it cost me a buck 50 and, you know, $50 spread out across all those, you know, like I just let them know, like, it's, it's just better for you guys to go through us and you having to source them, you're going to pay $7. So, um, but kind of back to it, I, I have had a, a lot of customers do that, but it's put myself and my team under the pressure. I let them know like, Hey, no fuck ups. You know, it's been kind of like a thing for us to, yeah, for real, I'm serious. Like we actually just did a job, yeah, mm -hmm. no, Friday, where it was some nylon jackets and there's no fuck ups. And we looked online because I always like to look shit up and it's one of the old customers from the past owner, but, and we did the order for them last year. So we knew how we would handle it and not have any spoilage, but yeah, man, I looked online, they're like 60 bucks, like wholesale. So I'm like, mm. we definitely can't fuck up. And I've been measuring our turnaround time. And that's the worst when you have to, you fuck up on something and then you have to wait for it to get shipped and you got to pay all that extra money. And then now you were happy because you were able to flip that job in four days and it's going to make your turnaround time look good. But then now you got to wait seven days or whatever, because it's a special order. It's always a special order from the other side of the country to wait for it to come. So, but mm -hmm. Dylan, yeah. how do you handle it when somebody brings in a $60 jacket? Do you say no or do you say, hey, sign this. We're not liable. Like if it gets messed up, it gets messed up. It's not our problem. Dude, we we used to just to be nice. I feel like it, it doesn't happen all the time, but we would have people come in or we'd have people order 50 shirts and then be like, hey, is it okay if I bring like another 10 shirts mm -hmm. I had laying around or right. something, whatever. And we'd be like, okay, whatever. And then it always fucking bites us in the ass. It's always something shitty. Like they'll, we say yes. And then they bring us like four shirts or poly. And, and they have a pocket like, on them. Or they've got like a weird <laughs> pocket or a seam. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whatever. And we make a decision here and the customer gets it. And they're like, I wouldn't have done it that way. It's like, well, fuck you. Stop bringing us your <laughs> stupid ass shirts. Um, so we pretty much said no. And recently we got bit in the ass again because it's a, one of those things like, there's an actual buddy of mine has a has a business like it's one of the people that we deal with that um, has like a huge contract uh, contractor company basically they they build homes and stuff and uh, he was like hey is it cool if I send you the I really like these polos um, like I don't think you can get them I really like them but can you print on them and again I should have said no but I was like yeah sure that's fine come to find out he bought them from Amazon. Like it was just some polo he probably ordered on Amazon at one point, liked mm -hmm. how it fit, and then he ordered them, and they were like thirty five dollars a piece, um, and it's just because that's what it was, like the full retail price on Amazon. He bought fifty of them from Amazon, jeez, um, and then sent them to us, and then we we've done stuff for him a bunch of times, and he's always had the same artwork, same logo, whatever. 
So we mocked it up and sent it to him. And, but he had in one of the email chains, like sent to Morgan, like, hey, I want this, but I don't want this wording that I've always had, like under the logo. And she must have missed it or whatever. And he didn't see anything on the mock up. And then we printed all those polos and he was like, hey, and he's like a picky guy. And he was like, hey, these are useless to me. I can't use these. Do you guys fuck these up? And I'm like, what do you mean, dude? And he's like, oh, it says the saying under the shirts. I was like, literally, I watched your sto- Instagram stories today and you're wearing a shirt that has that fucking saying underneath it. You can't <laughs> tell me they're fucking useless. And he was just like, it's not, it's off brand now. Like, it's not what I want. And I'm like, oh god like whatever i was like because it's him i was like whatever we'll fix it and then i i went and he's like oh here's the guy because i guess like the amazon seller got a boner over the fact that this dude ordered fucking 50 polos directly from amazon like contacted him and he gave me the guy's email and the guy's like yeah uh i i emailed that guy directly and i was like hey how much were these polos and he was like oh there were like 35 something dollars i was like jesus i was like do you offer wholesale and he was like, he's like, yeah, for that quantity, I could probably do thirty four fifty. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You're gonna give me a fifty cent discount? So whatever. I ended up buying the fucking polos at thirty four dollars a piece. Printed them again, got them to him, and it was just like, never again, dude. Like, never again. Because I the the polo, there was nothing special about this polo. I could probably could have bought it from something very similar from SNS for like six bucks mm-hmm. and i spent 35 dollars on the replacement and not it not only did i lose all the money on the job i lost like probably an extra grand to replace these polos that so it was i just lost a shitload of money for for saying yes so my answer to that is no fuck no tell them no yeah your point is is that if you would have goofed on the order and you had got the, gotten them from SNS, it probably would have been a $6 polo or $10 polo. It would have been maybe. one of those where like you you at least mm. break even. Like you right. didn't lose any money, you just didn't right. make any money, whatever. Because you got host, you got access to wholesale. Right. But because it's someone <laughs> else's shit, then if you mess up, you have to replace it. It's oh. like, no, fuck that shit. Yeah, we still print on customer supplied stuff, but it's we're picky about what it is. So n- not everything, you know, not anything, for example. And if it is something in embroidery, let's say because they bring in Carhartt or whatever they bring in, and we're going to embroider on it, then they have to sign a um, liability waiver, basically saying that if if we goof, then they bring us another you. item and we'll stitch it for free, but we're not buying your Carhartt coat or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think so, that's okay, but like I feel like most customers don't want to do that they're like oh well if you fuck it up you fucked it up Mm -hmm. like why do i have to buy another one because you messed it up and it's like well and i explained the whole thing like if well because we don't have access to wholesale and so that's how it goes Mm -hmm. you know they usually say fine and they sign it and and you know we don't mess it up most of the time yeah well well, in my um I, i developed a lot in my my uh terms and conditions and i actually because I had some horrible customers, I actually put it inside of my Printavo uh, quote, and I let them know. Especially a customer that comes in with the quant, like with their own supply garments, I let them know straight up. Hey, if you're gonna bring your own garments, and something does happen with spoilers, because it is a thing, we're humans. Um, we will, if you don't give us the allotted you know, allocation for the extra, the spoilage, like one or two for each size, then you're allowing for us. If it's something that's on our side, we will replace it with a garment that's equal. Um, And if not, 
then oh, okay. you know, it is what it is, you know. But I did have a customer order some stuff from Pakistan and the shit shrunk on on press and it literally was like mm. her smalls became extra smalls, her mediums became like small it was horrible. So I called you her were, when you were flashing it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like it was on like a gray. It was raw material after that. And, it, and I was new. I not new, but I like hadn't had that happen. She was like, I'm getting them custom made. And me and my staff was like, bet. Hell yeah. We would love to like, you know, be able to touch something and, and print something for someone that's taking the time to make their own garment. We didn't think that they were going to come mm -hmm. from overseas and not be pre-treated. And you just have W or M as like, it had no makeup, no nothing like the, the wash preference, none of that. So when we get them in shop, we're like, oh crap. And it's in like the, what is it? The DHL branded. So you know it's coming from overseas when it's in one of those boxes. And then, yeah, it was yeah it was horrible. Mm -hmm. And it shrunk on press, so we learned. But for that, we actually went in and with our, had that conversation with our customers. And it's it's worked, honestly, but that's what it is. One thing I want to ask you before we get into uh, questions for us and stuff like that is you did you buy the business that existed before or how did how did that work because you said you had the previous customers and all this other stuff and you did have a youtube video that said like you took it from here to here so that's what i'm curious about like how did that go yeah so i don't know if you guys remember in my story i said that i came and interned at this shop right well that's the shop that i ended up buying 10 15 no oh, okay like 13 years later um yeah Bought the, oh, bought so it. when you were walking home that day and that guy showed you that that stuff, he, it, was that a just a non-paid internship? Like in non-paid. Non like you didn't work there. He just showed you all this stuff? Just showed me. Just showed me everything. And it's, it's kind of mm -hmm. ironic and crazy because both of you guys have grown your businesses to what they are. Being in this little ass shop for 15 years, you know that there's a problem, right? Just naturally. Naturally, because you're going to need more space. You're going to need that. Like if, if you're doing the things, like if you're competent and you're doing things right, there's no way that you can stay in this one location for so long. So that let me know that he was running the business in a certain way. So um, like the customers weren't quality, quality customers, like customers that were willing to pay, you know, for the price of everything going up. So, what needs to be paid. Yeah. Like they were paying, yeah. un honestly, to tell you the truth, they were playing under what wholesale was for like just regular prints. Like I think looking at his sheet, it was like seven fifty for, and it was like kind of like open, so it was seven fifty for twelve garments. I'm like, but what about locations? What about this? What about that? And he was like, I would just charge him that. So it can be a freaking three location, ten color, let's just say, and mm -hmm. he would be printing that for seven dollars a pop, including a damn garment. So that was horrible so i had to like flip the business over and and do all that so it was it was really ironic that i actually got to buy the business that i learned how to print in but it also was a very tall task some days i sit back and i'm like man like with steven farrick how he was kind of came into a business i was making three quarters of a million and i already had infrastructure already had staff had the actual cash flow to support certain positions like i didn't have that like i kind of came into Mm. On paper, this guy was making $25,000 a year on paper. And I know people lie on their taxes, but <laughs> I had to flip that. And <laughs> would you say, <laughs> would you say it was, it would be easier? Like if you were going to do it again, would you just start from scratch or would you do this again? I honestly Is would. Is it harder what you're trying to do right now? It's very hard. It's very hard. But I think I would, I would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. I would buy a business, but the thing is I would negotiate differently. 
you know, I would probably do more of a liquidation, like just buy the equipment or whatever. Like I wouldn't have given him as much that I gave him because, you know, the customers, mm-hmm. the quality customers, the revenue, like there was a lot of measurables that weren't answered for. But I think me side hustling for so long, I knew a lot of stuff about the business coming into it. But I know if I didn't do that, then yeah, I would probably be like, no, I would never do this again. But I kind—I of, already kind of knew it. I knew what was going on and I knew what I wanted to do to fix it. I already had a brand. I just needed a location, you know? So that made it easy for right. me. But it's definitely, it was it's difficult. It's hard as hell. Like looking at it, <laughs> it's, it's hard as hell. Like, and I do yeah, just leave it at that. It's hard as it's hell. It's hard as hell to do it and build it and make sure we're profitable and pricing right and all that stuff. So, <laughs> like pricing for freaking profit that. and just growth. And... <laughs> How is it to own a business? It's hard as hell. Hard as hell. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, I love it. Nah, sometimes. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, question for you from a listener. Uh, let's see. What is your first real memory with print? Could be t-shirt art, skateboard art, packaging, book cover, etc. Just the first thing you noticed something that was printed and it captivated you. I th- I think I was more captivated of my own print, <laughs> and I actually have it here. I'm gonna show you guys. Not a lot of people have their first print that they ever printed, but I have one right here. This is it, and I'm gonna frame it. This was the first thing I ever printed. It was for my, I used to teach dance at the YMCA, and I printed this. It looks horrific. Like, if you guys can see, <laughs> oh God, like the fibrillation, like one side, like my, my screen wasn't flat, it was like this. So like, this side has so much ink just like caked on it, but for me, it was, <laughs> I didn't look, until I started printing myself, that's when I started looking at other prints and like, oh my gosh, they still screen this or this is five colors. But I think me looking at my own print, knowing what it took to make it um, is super crazy. And like looking at my white prints now, like they don't look, obviously look nothing like that. So like 15 years old. Dylan, do you have your first print there? I know what my first print was, but I don't have one. I don't think it was for my band. Um, so there's probably a shirt around somewhere, but, um, I know the first print that made me interested in screen printing was again, in one of our band shirts, uh, but I got it printed at a place. I think they were in Rochester, uh, called hide the bodies. And, uh, it was our artwork. So it was like the first time I ever like took custom artwork I had made by a designer and then sent it off to some place and had it come back and saw the print. And I was like, Oh, this is so fucking cool to like, this is our shirt. You know what I mean? Like as it it's our band on it, it's something I can sell. It's retail quality. Um, it's as ours, you know what I mean? Like this is yeah. not just some homemade piece of shit. Like this is like, cause the ones I was making wasn't, were not good. Um, and then I ordered some from somewhere else professionally because I was only doing like white ink on, we were buying shirts at like fucking Walmart and shit. And then like going home and (laughs) screen printing our band logo on it. And, uh, they were, they were shitty, but they sold. So whatever. And then we ordered like legit shirts because it was like a six color or something. And, uh, that was like, Oh, these are really sweet. And then when I started the button company, I knew I wanted to outsource, but I wanted to outsource to a professional company, not just like some dude. Um, 
so that's kind of how I got into it. So that was kind of like my first thing. But what was the first shirt you made, Andy? Um, first shirt. I have our first print here. So like when the tech was, we were getting our press installed. You know how you have to have a, a something to print, and we and we didn't because we weren't open yet. I wasn't. I was the only person. And then Joanne came the week after. Um, and so we didn't have any orders to print. And so I just printed a, our, like our logo, our shop, you know, like a logo we had. And we printed on a, not even on a t-shirt, but on a Pellon. And then I put the date down and everything. We framed it. <clears throat> That's cool. Um, first shirt. I don't know. Like we, I did the same thing. Like back in the garage days. What was your, yeah, that yeah. was, we used to print on, I used to do the same thing and go to Walmart or wherever and buy three packs of t-shirts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a bootleg. Um, the first shirt had to have been for a, for a bootleg show, like a, I can't even remember what it was though. The first order I got, like here, I'm going to give you money to print some shirts was for a comic book store, but the first, that wasn't the first shirt I printed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I don't have the answer, but it was like, okay. um, you know, 60 years ago or something. <laughs> uh this is fitting uh next question from major maid was what's your favorite blanks to print on um i really like i mean a lot of people are going to say this but i love the 3001 bella it's really it's versatile i like that one customers have definitely i i a lot of the customers that came into the shop that was frequenting it they're all on this like thick ass shaka pro club bullshit and i'm like god man you guys are too much. So like mm-hmm. converting them to like a lot of them now get the get the Bella canvas. Um, those are like my main one that I sell a lot to, a lot lots of customers. So I would say that's my 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 favorite. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I did Almade too. So Almade is also phenomenal. I love their their shit. Everything Almade has is awesome. They're gonna be in Vegas. Are you gonna be in Vegas? No, no. I wish I could, but no, no. Actually, I'm thinking Just about change your plans. Come uh, out. I know. I'll yeah. see you in two Drive days. Up. I know. I know. I was talking to the wife. I was like, dude, I need, I need to cover United, right? United that event. Mm-hmm. Print United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I want to yep. go. I want to go. Yeah. I'm looking into it. Starts Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what's your favorite? Not fleece. Can that be my answer? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Nothing <Okay>. thick. Hmm. <laughs> I am going to say that we sell a shitload of Gildan and uh, Bella 3001 CVC is like our go-to. Like anytime a customer comes here or whatever, like the very first shirt we quote is generally the 3001 CVC. That's like where we start Um, because I think that it's just a really good fitting, comfortable shirt that most people say i really love this shirt it's a comfortable shirt it's interesting you start our favorite shirt to print on in my opinion without because i'm sure everyone here as a printer has their own specifics but would probably be like a guild in 2000 because i feel like it prints good it loads good discharges like it's just i think it's just a good all-around shirt but that's just to print on i don't know about wearing but i feel that yeah that's my that's what i say yeah i like that i like that all right uh let me see if i have any more on here uh someone just commented it's not a question but said that andy we need to bring back dad jokes i know (laughs) i I miss those those Mm -hmm. are fun 
Those are fun. <laughs> I guess I guess we'll have to. Um, do you have any questions for us or shop hacks? Shop hacks, I feel like I would just be regurgitating. Um, but the question I had, let me pull that up real quick. The question I did have was we've all kind of, I know the last the last uh, episode was, it was a lot, especially with, for the denial one. You guys talked a lot about like annoying customers. Um, and this fits mm-hmm. to what I was, what I wanted to ask. Um, how do you guys handle your, your, your project files? Cause I've, I've had some issues and I know that most people are like, whatever, just give the cus- annoying customer all of their files and send them off to the next printer and tell them to go after themselves. But what are your guys' ideas? Like, How do we handle them ex- in-house or how do we handle if the customer asks for them? Yeah. How do you handle them if the customer asks for them? <laughs> and then, okay, let me paint the picture. I feel like it depends on the customer. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Let me paint the picture. You got a piece of shit customer that's basically saying yep, F you. I already know the answer. As okay. soon as you said piece of shit customer. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so how, how, would, you, how would you handle that? They're getting a super low res JPEG. Yes, yes, yes. I will give them like a like a 50 or a 72 DPI, like two to three inch version of their logo and their artwork and say, here you go, it's what we use. I guess it depends on how bad you want to get rid of them, you know, and never talk to them again. Because if you never want to talk to them and get rid of them, give them whatever, you know, give them the good stuff. Yeah. I'll never give them the saps. Fuck that. Like you're not getting not the, saps, the work but... we did, but I will give them the artwork that they gave me or their artist gave me, but mm-hmm. I will just send it as like 72. Like I'm not giving them the 300 or 600 or however, you know, illustrator file it came in on. Mm-hmm. Even if it's an AI file that I got in, I will make it a JPEG and send it to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ask... Yeah. That's a good question. And I, I think th- it's a tough one. Like that's, I've thought about it a lot before too, because it happens every once in a while, not too, too often where somebody says, Hey, can I get my art? And if it's a customer that you, if it's a good customer, of course that you don't like hearing that, but if they're going to leave, they're going to leave. And I always want to break up in the best way possible, even though I'm in a sense, making it easier for their next printer, let's say. I just give them whatever they want because I've I've made my money, and if you really are leaving me, <clears throat> then here you go. You know I'm not going to make it worse on them. And so there was I a always... customer, there was a customer a little mm-hmm. while ago that was just a huge fucking pain in the ass, and they never gave me like good artwork. Basically, they gave me like a decent outline sketch, like pencil or like something that was scanned, and then we I would like take the time to like redraw or vector and then color and like do all the half toning and everything we needed to do to get this artwork right and i remember she asked me because she had given me her original artwork um like for the files because we we parted ways basically i fired her i was just like hey like you're fucking huge pain in the ass like i can't deal with you you complain you give me stuff super last minute and then complain when shit doesn't go right and it's just like, I just don't want to deal with you anymore. You can go somewhere else. And she was like, all right, I'll go somewhere else. Give me all my art. And she was just like a fucking pain in the ass about everything. So when I gave her art, I just gave her all of her sketches. I was like, here's your fucking <laughs> bullshit, fucking napkin mm-hmm. sketches. Like, what I'm, not giving you, I'm not giving you the art that I spent. Like, I didn't charge you for to clean up and fix and make good mm-hmm. because I wanted the artwork to print good. I wanted it to I, look that's good. That's a good point. That's a good point. If you didn't charge her to clean up her artwork, 
Right. If she paid me, if a customer pays, pays us to do the artwork, then yeah, Mm -hmm. it's your artwork. You own it. It's yours. Like you get the high res files, whatever. But if you come here and we have to do a shitload of work to make it work for you and then you didn't pay anything. No, you get the JPEG or you get the original sketch or whatever. Like I'm not giving you the stuff that we did um, to help you out. Like it's it's hard this, this, hard this might be like a thing where it's like <laughs> once a year or once every two years it happens it's not like something that's like once a month this happens i'm just saying that like yeah. when it does happen it's if they're good people and they're just leaving or they're using it nine times out of ten that customer never tells you like i need the art to go somewhere else they're always like hey can you send me the artwork for this because i want to make you know stickers or i want to make something else but you know full while they're like going somewhere else yeah I mean, that's where I'm just like, all right, like, I mean, I had a customer and the reason why I bring it up is, and I agree with both of you guys. I mean, this is my head. You guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but when I had, I do charge for it, right? I charge a setup fee, but it, in my, in my terms and agreement, it says anything that we use to, you, we, we don't charge you to produce your artwork. When you are coming in buying something, let's say you're getting a, a invoice and you want to get a t-shirt, but you have you brought you gave your logo and we're going to process it so that we can actually print it but we're charging you what our time that it takes for us to process that to print so my my issue that i have with this customer is he was under the impression that he owned any and everything that was that we made with his logo Hmm. so i'm like so the film the air that we breathe the light uses that we use, like anything that we use to make your logo, you feel like you're entitled to. So that's why I asked that question. Yeah. Cause some customers just have that, that idea. Like, I'm like, no man, like, unfortunately, like, nah. And, and, and I see it too, like this, it's like, if a customer comes to and goes to another shop, let's say that cut is okay. I'll, I'll paint another picture. Let's say you like a certain steak, right? And you go to this restaurant, you get a steak and then you go to another restaurant <laughs> and you're like, I want a steak, but I want you to make it like the place down the street. Let me go get their recipe and I'm gonna bring it to you. Like, I feel the same way right. about that. It's like, no, if you're gonna, if you're gonna take your business some, uh, somewhere else, they have a different machine, they have different staff, they have a different way of right. manu- doing things. So, and I, I say that too, and I told the customer because if you had brought me files, nine times out of 10, it's not gonna work. Like there's gonna be something in there. Like if, if you bring me, you know, um, transparencies for social. Well, you don't want the seps. You don't want the seps from somebody else if it's like halftone and stuff because you're make. You should make your halftones based on your screens and your press and everything else. Mm-hmm. And you're not. They're not generalized across everything. And that's what he said. Unless you're doing like big cartoony bullshit. That's what he said. And he went to another shop. So I printed the job for him and it wasn't a cheap job. He wanted. I think I did an embroidered job for him and it was it was a couple hundred thousand stitches so it wasn't cheap and i let him know like hey my bar none like we do an excellent job and the guy that that i have that digitizes for me has 40 years plus he's actually worked on baradin like he knows what he's doing and that's what you're paying for you're paying for that expertise so i say hey you can go on fiverr and you can pay five dollars to get this design done and it's not it's probably going to be crappy it's not going to look good the fill's probably not going to be dense enough whatever the case may be i'm like but that's what you're paying for when you're getting it done with us uh, but long story short he just kind of just went bonkers and like yelled at me and i was on vacation with my family and i'm like riding down i'm in a knoxbury farm and like standing in line and he's like trying to rip me a new one because he's like, you owe me my files. You did this and you da da da. And then I'm like, what dude? Like, 
And and then I told him too. I was like, when you came and I and that sucks. And I said, when I satisfied your invoice, did you get when you left? Did you get everything that you said on that invoice? He said, yeah. I said, yeah. You you asked to get something embroidered, and that's what you left with. I'm like, now you're telling me because you want to go somewhere else, and you want me to send it to you right now in this moment. Now you're telling me that I owe you something else. I'm like, but on our in our contract, our invoice, if that was the case, would have said, hey, like, where's my where's my file? Cause I bought the file too. And it's like, no dude, like we use that to produce your garment. That's not something that you're yeah. entitled to. Yeah. So yeah, just thought I would It's the same that. as like back when we used to charge screen fees, we would always get that Yahoo every once in a while that would be like, are you going to send my screens with the shirts? Like how, <laughs> how does that work? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like, dude, I'm not fucking, we reclaim screens. We don't send yeah. the screens no, to you. And it's not sitting Since somewhere, been, uh, <laughs> you know, since you've been a business owner and since you've been in customer service and in retail, you know, like we are, are you much nicer out in the world, you know, to other, you know, customer service people and retail people or yeah. wherever you're doing when you transact, you know, with other shop, not shops, but just businesses in general. By far. Yeah. You know, does it, has it changed the way you behave? <laughs> yeah, honestly. And I tell, cause my staff, he's, he's a hot ass mess. Like we go places, he's like, I'm gonna tell them about themselves. And I tell him, I'm like, the way that I do business, the way that I want people to do business with me is how I do business. If I don't like the service or like mm -hmm. the product, I just don't go there anymore. They don't give a fuck about what I care. Mm -hmm. Like if I go back and tell the, tell the cook that he cooked my steak too much, like just don't go there anymore, go somewhere else. You know, and, and that's how I am. Like, exactly. and I'm, just, I'm just not the type of person that's gonna sit here and be a dick. Like, thank you, I paid for this. Unfortunately, it's not how I like it. So I'm just not gonna come here anymore. You know, and some people just feel like they have to be dicks mm -hmm. and assholes. I'm like, that's their level. They're showing you <laughs> that that's what they can, that's the best mm -hmm. of their ability. You know, that's what they make and that's what they feel. So why do you feel like you need, you're not even their boss. And most people don't even listen to their boss. So why would they listen to you on <laughs> how they need to fix? I tip, way more, I tip way more. And one other thing that's like, a, like I notice all the time is like, if you go to a, store or something and somebody kind of like fumbles through something and they're like oh i'm so sorry like i gotta do it this way or you know sorry we're really busy today i immediately am the first person like dude seriously don't worry about it take your time <laughs> not a big deal yep. because i know the feeling i know that panic and stress that they're under at that moment it's like dude i'll come back like fucking text me when you're done yeah. like no big deal at all yeah, I'm, I'm not a douche. And I feel like there's so many people that are just like, yeah, yeah like, yeah, yeah. I'm just so forgiving of things because I know that feeling. It's that like Starbucks syndrome. The, those shoes. <laughs> I hate it. People just want yeah, stuff just I like Starbucks. I want it just like this with five pumps yeah. and blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, just chill out, man. <laughs> like, you know, that's what she said. <laughs> you don't have to be too much, you know, <laughs> treat people with some kindness and it is what it is, but not everyone has a good day and I know. But amen. Oh yeah. Amen. Yeah. You ready for some quick takes? Yeah, let's do it. Andrew? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Why do I always forget I start him off? Um So what's the first thing you do in the morning? Fifteen push ups. I just started doing that. Fifteen push ups. Get my blood flowing, man. Yep. Besides wake my kids up. There's no way in hell I'm doing 15 push-ups when I wake up in the morning. First thing, man. First thing, jump up, do that, go in a room and turn on the lights so my kids wake up. That's it. First like thing. It. Like get them ready for school? Yeah, I got to get them ready every day, man. I'm daddy first and then 
become shop owner yeah. after eight o'clock. I, do, I have to do the same thing, but like I literally have to like my son is always just like fuck you, no, I'm not getting up. So I have to go in, I turn hope his he says light that. on. I hope yeah, he actually he, says yeah, that. He actually, when I pull, he has his arms <laughs> underneath like, a blanket, and then as I pull the blanket down, he's just like. <laughs> and uh, no, I literally have to like prop him up, pull his legs like off the bed, and like stand him up. And I'm like, "Do not sit back down on this bed. I will be back in five minutes, and you better be dressed." Like this, literally, how it goes every morning. Because if I don't, he will like. We leave the house at like seven ten, and like sometimes I'll go upstairs and at seven ten, and he's still standing in his room in the same place I left him, like <laughs> not dressed or anything, like literally just sleeping, standing up. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking murder you right now. Like we have to leave in like three minutes. Yep. Yeah, my kids are little, uh, so it's hard. So Is your daughter the opposite? Yeah, she's usually up and jolly and running around and being like, Grayson's not ready yet, and I'm like, oh, God damn go upstairs and he's like dad we don't have to be there at 7 15 and i'm like dude if you're not early you're late like i have to give him the dad speech every time i'm like just this is when we go this is how we get here should leave him and let him walk yeah and yeah. he will never yeah. never do that again yeah. my kids are the opposite my daughter's the sleepy head my son is up bright and early ready like god man go to sleep <laughs> uh all right next question is are you watching any good shows right now yeah, as of today, um, I'm a Star Wars nerd, so anything Star Wars, I got a lot of content that I am excited for. Um, you watching Andor? I'm not, because I'm waiting, because it's not enough content, and I'll binge watch the shit out of it. So I kind of like to wait for everything to be done, and then I go in and watch it how I want to. Um, and I do that with a lot of content. Um, but what I'm watching right now is a Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. The, no. crazy, the crazy guy. And I didn't want to, but I'm cleaning him. I, I go in a room and my wife is watching. I was like, no way. Let's do it. So it's pretty bananas like that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. We were talking yeah. about it earlier. It's, it's crazy. It's messed up. Yeah. And the thing about it to me, because I work with kids. I love how you guys are like, you know what? I'm watching this show and it's really fucking gross, but I'm going to go home and watch it again. It, it, it's, it's to well, there's something about it, you know, because you're seeing it's kind of like the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Like everyone knows about, you know, how Joker's crazy. But like when you that is very gory because it actually explains why he's a psychopath. And I feel like that's why people feel empathetic. And like when you're watching the things that Jeffrey Dahmer went through and the trauma that he had, you're like. It makes sense. He didn't just crawl out the bed one day and say, I want to go eat a heart or two. Like he went through some very crazy stuff. Yeah, I don't know stuff. where you are um, uh. episode wise. He did have a lot of trauma. He had a lot of dysfunction in his family and his mother, while he was um, in the womb, was taking 26 pills a day. And, you know, he said, though, in those interviews, and I don't know if these are I'm thinking that a lot of the interviews with the detectives um that were being filmed and taped a lot of them were scripted in actual words that he said because they have real like 911 calls and real you know there's some real calls and stuff so um but what he he said himself that he didn't like learn this that he was born this way like he said those words that he was like he's always felt it he's always felt that he was different he was always had these weird thoughts and has always knew, known that he was different you know from from the very first memories he's ever had you know, so you're up. right. I think it was that he did have a lot of trauma. He did have, you know, some weird experiences yeah. um, and, and severe dysfunction within his family and never really taught the right way to do anything. 
And so maybe like he would have been saved and put down a different path, but he always had, he said that he always had. Yeah. yeah he was on the edge. <laughs> Again, I don't even want to go down that road. I won't watch it. I don't care. Spoil it for me. But why did he yeah. start fucking eating people? It's because he, he had a, and he didn't do that at first. He didn't do it at first. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and that's what, cause I, like I said, I worked with kids for 14 years. What do you mean at first? Was he just killing people at he, first? He just, he, like, it was some crazy yeah, shit he, that happened with him. And it kind of turned him on to do certain things. Like, it was kind of like, you know, some people are, 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 they like certain things. They have certain fetishes. And I think he had something in him, like Andy said, that led him to that. And I think we are all in some way a product of our environment. Right, like your kids are gonna, like my kids are gonna grow up and be around silk screen and stuff. I love and, you guys are justifying fucking Jeffrey Dahmer right now. I'm not justifying. Well, he's crazy. <laughs> but when you see the things that he, he goes crazy. through, he's crazy. But when you see the things that he goes through, you're like, dude, like any person, like he's already not all the way there. Like he admitted. But then you have all these crazy things that happen to him. Like then it just it like it makes it even worse. So it's it makes sense. Like dude, like. Why wouldn't he? He already is on the edge. I think that he had, um, he was antisocial. He had very a tough time communicating or interacting with people. He didn't have the you know, normal emotions and stuff. And so for him, you know, with these people and the way he actually in, uh, interacted sexually with them and then also um, killed them and then ultimately ate them, it was a way for him to connect in a different like that was how he did anyway you yeah. know what i mean i'm not saying like this is that that's okay of course yeah, he's fucking weird. but that was the only way he felt like you know like that's how he that's how he uh, made it work. it was him for him anyway that's how it worked you know like he couldn't he couldn't have this conversation he couldn't be on a podcast right here and have a conversation with other people you know what i mean that wasn't his thing <clears throat> instead he would just want us to lay there quietly <laughs> yeah he's crazy he was he was crazy he was, dead he was actually cuckoo for cocoa so now i'm just thinking of all the fucking weirdos i know that are like antisocial. they're just like mm, i, I want to eat you <laughs> it's weird it's weird and I like know. i don't know yeah it's weird it's weird working with kids and like understand trying to understand work like how they think and mm-hmm. trying to be better like trauma is is crazy man people People are crazy, man. Either either it can make you hurt people. I get hurt trauma. People. I just don't see how it leads to fucking eating people. He has some okay, screws loose. Next question. He has some screws loose. I guess. I sure. Andy. Oh yeah, it's my. That's how this works. Mind. We've yeah. done this a hundred and what twenty. So times. so from your childhood, what experiences had the greatest impact on, uh, like your your career, your success? Um, career success. I think my dad, um, losing his job and us being homeless after that, I think that was a big one for me. Um, yeah, that was big. Cause it, I always seen other kids and I would see like they had, my mom kind of did it too as a kid. She would take us to like these rich areas and, you know, for Christmas and stuff, we would drive around to these nice areas and nice houses. And I didn't really understand that, but like, and then my dad losing his job and us like, having to do that grind and not having like that stability um it just changed me it it and it it enhanced the passion i already had to like set my own way and and start a business and and do all those things because not a lot of people around me was was thinking like that and i'm like dude i, I need some security like i can't like i want to do more and having my dad get fired from a job that he did good for so long and then someone was able to just say f you and then my dad's so talented and i'm like what the fuck like it was just hard and i'm like dude you need to take your own take it into your own hands and you know like 
if you fail in a job, like you that. fail in a job. But it sucks when someone just fires you because they're just like, you know, we're trying to clean house and we want some younger kids in here because we can, mm-hmm. you know, less. And that's what happened to him. And it was just like seeing my dad go through that and then like our whole finances changed and it was just shitty. So now I just don't want my kids to go through that. I don't. Like I want I want them to grow, yeah. grow up around people that are doing things with their life and us owning our own house. I never seen, I never lived in a house, like a house that I owned uh, that my parents owned, you know, I will never ever see that. Cause my, both of my parents are okay with not, with that not being a reality. Um, so I think that was a big drive for me, like seeing that um, and experiencing that as a kid and just having no control over that. So. Yeah. I think that, you know, I feel the same way, but I also had to make sure or find a balance anyway with my son to make sure he struggled somewhat, you know what I mean? So that he has that same thing that I had because I had similar um, adolescence, you know, I had adversity. And so I wanted to be able, I want to make sure my kid has that same thing too, to make him tough, you know, make him um, incentivize him to and set him up for success in other words you know so it's tough because you want to spoil your kid you want him to take him to disney every year like dylan does <laughs> but sometimes you got to be like nope not disney this i want to show you a text so bad right now of my son texting me while we were doing this podcast <laughs> dad i love you so much and you just he inspired says, me hold on <laughs> yeah you just inspire me so much dad everything you do i now can i have money for a video game <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for real uh <laughs> let's see hold on he said, are there any chores? This is today. He said, are there any chores I can do for my allowance? I said, you can clean the room upstairs. Uh, and I said, like, good, not just like throwing shit away. <laughs> right. And he said, and he sent me a picture of the playroom upstairs where they have like all their stuff fully cleaned. I don't know if you can see it. Mm. Probably not. No, it's little f- oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. And he said, he said, all done. And it looks really good. I said, good job. Is your room clean? He said, it could be cleaner. <laughs> Hey, he's honest <laughs> i said i said okay pick up that stuff and then i also i tagged on the end of it i said and also pick out your clothes for tomorrow so that way i know in the morning like he already has his shit already what's he want money for why is he trying to save for something just to like buy a video game or something yeah. and i said uh he said done and i did the like hand clap thing or whatever he said how much do i get i said 20 bucks no shit that's a lot yeah well, their allowance, I guess, their huh? allowance once a week is 20 bucks yeah. so they get 20 bucks a week oh okay rubbing off man so that- he did like other stuff throughout the week but like my kids we talked about this i think last episode of the episode before but like my kids know to like not ask me for money but ask me like what can i do to make money yeah. so like their first Love thing out it. of their mouth is what jobs do you have for me that's like they're not just going to come to me and be like give me 20 bucks yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. creating creating that's norms good. with your kids man that's that's the best thing you can do. But we don't understand as parents, like how, how like we expect for kids. We, we, I come from a generation where it was like, do as I say, not as I do. And I think nowadays, like kids are like, no, fuck that. Like if you're not going to school and getting an education, why the fuck can you tell me to go to school and get education? So I feel like by you, Dylan, showing your son and telling him that and following through, like you're, we're raising kids. We're, we're doing things that we don't even I think. Always- yeah. I always just tell them i'm like straight up i'm like dude if because there's a lot of days where they're just like i don't want to go to school today i'm like why and they're just like i just don't want to go i'm like cool well if you don't go to school uh you're gonna like fail this class and then when you're older when you don't want to go to your job you're gonna get fired and then you're gonna not have a place to go and not have money for food and not this i was like you need to just get that out of your system and like realize that this is something you have to do you have to get done and you'll move on to the next thing 
like mm-hmm. quit being a lazy piece of shit and just fucking go do <laughs> what you got to get done yeah. and it's just like if you want something you have to like go out and get it yourself you have to earn it you can't just nobody's gonna hand you shit yeah. i was like if i'm dead and gone you need to be able to do this stuff you need to be able to make your own breakfast and you know handle your own shit so that's what I try to teach them. And I talk to them just like that too, by the way. I'm like, hey, fuckhead, like go do this thing. Yeah. Not thousand really. percent. Um two presses or ten presses? Okay. I have a simmering on it this. It says one. It says one press or ten. One press or ten? <laughs> I would want to have three mm. presses, but I would like to have the reputation and like the efficiencies of uh ten. Because like you all know, if you're running a 10 auto Good spot, answer. like you're banging shit out. But I want to be able to have mm. that same level of efficiency just in a three three shop auto. And we're able to have the same respect, you know? And that is the that is the case with some shops where they can do just as much work with less. Yep. yep. Because they are efficient. And they're running they're, they're running so good. That's, so a, that's what I want. It's a really good answer. Thank you. I've been simmering on that. Andy. Yeah, well, so what is for dinner? What What's is for, for dinner, dinner tonight? Uh, my wife was kind of hitting, it sounds like she wanted burgers because she was asking if we had 80-20 ground beef in the house. So I'm thinking that's what she's probably going to want. <laughs> um, either that or she wants spaghetti, you know. So that might be one of those two. Yeah. But I'm down for a good burger, always. Both solid. Yeah, I love good burgers. I'm not a big spaghetti yeah. person, though. Mm-mm. I'll eat it for my wife though. She makes. I don't really like spaghetti. spaghetti unless it's like got thick meat sauce. Yeah, I like or mine like to be hearty. Yeah, twenty hearty. meatballs. Yeah, cheese. I, yeah. I do the most. Like I, I don't do just want. <laughs> I don't want just like regular sauce and noodles. So yeah. that ragu sauce out the can. You just <laughs> shake it in a pot. Throw a little bit of salt and <laughs> pepper. Nah, I need my. Nope. Simmer it. Make it look good. Put some extra mm-hmm. Honduras sausage or give something. Me, in there. Give me a pound of ground beef in there. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's me. How about you guys? What All right, you... dude. Well, thanks no, for coming no, no. on you with guys, us. What, what are you guys having? Can't ask me that question or not. Ask oh, what you're all right. Yeah. Uh, it's Sunday night. Every other Sunday, we get together with a bunch of people from work, and we do dinner here at the shop, and we watch two episodes of, uh, what is it? House of the Dragon. Dang. Fucking shop goals. The new Game of Thrones. So we're having tonight, I think we're having meatloaf, mashed potatoes, asparagus, and Sarah's bringing dessert. Um, so that's my night. That's dope. That's dope. For real. Shop goes for real. That it's is. Awesome. I want to I wanna come over. Right. How about you, Andy? Chili night for us. I was going to say, it's Sunday. Mm. Homemade chili? Yep. That time of year. Yeah. So I went to a chili cook-off um a week ago on sunday on saturday a week ago and uh they were out of the the firemen and sold out we got there kind of late and um we ended up having something from this place called copper fire and it's like a barbecue place and it was so fucking good and so i was like trying to think i was thinking all week like what how how they made it like what i could do to my chili recipe to get there and i think and i don't know because i haven't made it yet i think they added barbecue sauce I mean, in addition to like barbecuing their meat, they probably barbecue, you know, they probably just barbecued their, their meat and then put it in the chili. But also the sauce was very like barbecue saucy. Yeah. Yeah. Tangy had a tang on it. It had some barbecues. I I Googled, it did. I Googled um, barbecue sauce chili and there's such a thing. And so I, I I bought this uh, bottle of barbecue sauce. Just don't overdo it. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was thinking too. You know, cause the recipe was like, put the whole bottle in. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. 
So I'm gonna add some, and then I you gotta be like more. that. You gotta be like that typical like movie. Like you're sitting there, you add a little, you pull a spoon out, you do a little <laughs> test. <laughs> yeah, there it is. You know, a little bit, a little, you know, salt bay. Yeah, yeah right. Just do that oh, with God. barbecue sauce. Right. <laughs> just squirt it as it's flying down it's like your elbow. Yeah. <laughs> Taking hairs with it. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's, it's... Thanks, dude, again. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it.